Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson of the Finding Human program. My guests today are Dr. Naomi Rappaport and Peter Bailey. And Naomi is in Johannesburg and Peter is in Israel. I can see them both, but I don't think you can see me. And I don't want to fiddle with my, my computer in case I lose you both. Our topic today is the opening of the, the Chaim Herzog Museum in honor of the Jewish soldiers in World War II. I come from a long line of decorated military men and women, so when Peter mentioned this to me, it was truly a privilege to host this project, which recognizes and honors the role of Jewish soldiers during World War II. Churchill said, fear is a reaction, courage a decision. We can't control fear, but can choose to act courageously, even when fear is present. And that is definitely what we will be hearing about from Naomi and, and Peter. Just want to tell you a bit about Naomi Rappaport. She was the first woman to enter private practice as a specialist physician in Johannesburg and practiced at the Mill Park Hospital for 28 years. She was the founder and past president of the Faculty of Consulting Physicians of South Africa. She also sat on the National Council of the South African Medical Association and is the Human Rights Law and Ethics Committee and its Human Rights Law and Ethics Committee. Now, Naomi, I can go on and on and on talking about you because your CV is absolutely amazing. But I will say that at the moment you are a retired specialist physician and your interest is, is in South African history and South African jury and genealogy. And you have your own family have left a footprint in South Africa, having contributed towards the Jewish and the wider communities in various ways. Right now, you're doing a voluntary work with the Chaim Herzog Museum of the Jewish Soldier in the World War II and helping to document the contribution of the South African Jewry in the war effort. Now, that is incredibly impressive. Hello, Naomi. Hi. Oh, it's lovely to be on your show today and it's to lovely. talk about this project. So um, good to have you. And Peter Bailey and I know each other very well. He is a friend of mine and he's been on my program many times. He is an author and his books are fantastic. He's one book, Men of Valor, Valor which is a, a, a Israel's highest um, recipient, um, Medal of Honor was uh, to only 40 recipients have received it. And his book, Men of Valor, is about these men. And then he also wrote Street Names in Israel. I would recommend both those books. Um, Peter made Aliyah eight years ago. He was a major in the South African Army Reserves. And he's been involved in extensive research into the Jewish contribution to South African military history. And that's why he is now involved with this museum. He's the national chairman of the South African Jewish Ex-Service League, the Jewish military veterans before making Aliyah. 
And Peter, when I phoned you the other day, you were delivering food parcels in Tel Aviv. So he's certainly a very active in in all communal service in Israel. Well done. And you served at Telfed as an executive for four years. He served on the Committee for the Belfort Declaration, Centenary Celebrations in Israel. He's a history researcher and the author of these two books that I mentioned. He was also a member of the Ochberg um, Heritage Committee in Israel. So we've got two very interesting guests that I have on my program today. And I would like to actually start with you, Naomi, if you don't mind, and how you got involved with this project of this museum, the Chaim Herzog Museum. Right. My late mother's brother, Julian Mayer, served with the Transvaal Scottish and was taken prisoner of war at the Battle of Tobruk, sent off to Italy, and following the Italian capitulation, captured by the Germans and sent off to a work camp in Germany. Actually, it was in Dresden. And throughout the war, he wrote letters to the family, which were kept in a shoebox and weren't touched. And when I retired, I actually went through those letters and documented his journey through the war and saw the whole change in personality and discovered what he'd endured. Now, the biggest problem we have with all these soldiers who partook is that they never spoke to their family. Mm. And his children weren't actually aware of where he was based in Germany, what he did. They didn't even know that he was fluent in German. <laughs> and that book I actually have posted, and I posted it on the Chaim Herzog Museum website because his son lives in Israel and had donated paraphernalia, including his uniform and medals, to the museum, which formed the exhibitor. <laughs> and I then got a phone call from... Zika Cantor, he is a retired Brigadier General of the IDF. He phoned me in South Africa and told me that they are looking to find more information about South Africans who partook in the war. There's a website to list the names of these participants. And there were very few names listed of South Africans. Names that were listed include Smokey Simon, Jack Penn, uh, Cecil Marga, etc. But there were only about 20 names. And I took on the mission of actually documenting the South Africans. I've documented to date all those who died in the war. I've documented the majority who received awards. And along the way, I've documented others. And everyone who participated in their own right was a hero. And everyone received medals and in fact those medals are as great as a, getting an MBE or an OBE because every single person contributed to the destruction of the Axis powers and the liberation of the world. Absolutely and when you know as you're talking I'm just thinking that Jews from around the world actually joined forces and for many of them, this was the only way available to them to avenge their persecutors. Absolutely. And what was Absolutely. happening. And um, and certainly it wasn't, that wasn't valid for the other armies who went to war for other reasons. Mm. 
Peter, how did you get involved? Well, I, I got involved when I, I received an email from a lady called Dr. Naomi Rappaport asking for information about a couple of mine who'd served with the Transvaal Scottish as well. Um, and she picked up the family connection and so on. And she contacted me. And the minute I, I, I realized that this museum, which I knew nothing about, was, was being in the process, I immediately contacted her. And offered my services. She put me in contact with Sveka Kantor, who is the director of the, the museum, uh, Brigadier General Sveka Kantor. And uh, I have visited him, and I'm now assisting Naomi. She's far more uh, adept at the research of individuals than what I am. I'm more uh, a military historian, um, but also from the aspect of, of people. Um, mm. Not so much their military deeds, but their people. Because as Naomi said, Every one of these heroes was actually just a normal, ordinary, everyday human being like we all are, and they rose to this wonderful location. The one and a half million or so Jews that, that joined the various forces to fight the Axis did so, as you said, to revenge uh, what was being done to the Jewish people or to stop what was being done, the carnage that was being carried out. Um, the countries that became involved did so for various other reasons, not to save the Jews, and that's something we must always bear in mind. And we'll get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. My guests today are Dr. Naomi Rappaport and Peter Bailey, and you can, if you would like to SMS us, please do so on 34519 or telegram us on 061-895-1019. Peter, I would like to actually just go to a personal story that you, that, uh, you, you actually, I don't know it, but you mentioned that you'd met this little uh, Russian woman. Will, uh, will you just tell us that story? Yes, with pleasure. In 1998, um the Senate, which is the, uh, the Association of Israel Veterans of War, hosted a World Congress of Jewish War Veterans uh, in celebration of Israel's 50th birthday. And I attended as one of the delegates from South Africa. Um, during the, the process of this, we met ex-servicemen from all over the world. And one of them was a little old lady. I can only describe her as a little Jewish bobber. Um, she stood about five foot or five foot one high. And she had this huge medal around her neck, and I asked what it was, and I was told that is the hero of the Soviet Union, the highest award that the Soviet Union gave for bravery. And I was questioning how she had achieved this. I was told that she'd been an ace fighter pilot during the Second World War for the, with the Soviet Air Force, and had shot down something like 37 uh, German aircraft, and for this she had been awarded the uh, hero of the Soviet Union. It was actually quite amazing. A, a, a wonderful little old lady. I, you know, it was unbelievable. <laughs> How absolutely amazing. Did she tell you why she joined? We were unable to speak to her. She only spoke Russian, and all communications had to be via an interpreter, um, and it was extremely difficult. And, you know, the, the, in Russia, there was no choice. Um, you were told to join, you joined. That was it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. What an amazing story. I see a message has come through from Moshe Miller. Hi, my grandfather served in Transvaal Scottish in World War II. 
how can I give them his details, Moshe? Um, Naomi, would you like to give your details out now? We will again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to date, I've done about a thousand South Africans who served um, in the war, either with the Union Defence Force or a lot of them actually served with the British Army. And uh, there were a few actually who served with Canadians. Now, there is a website if you just look up the Chaim Herzog Museum, type in the words Chaim Herzog Museum, you will come to their website. But I've been listing them in English under the South African uh, participants. And I can either help you with it or you can do it yourself. The important thing is to try and find their service number. And for people who don't know where they can find it, it's engraved on the back of medals that the soldiers received. And to give us as much history as possible, uh, that family know. Um, unfortunately, very few know. They just know that the uh, grandparents or parents served in the war. But so as you say, they also they didn't share much. They didn't share much because mm. of the atrocities they went through. You, mm. you know, they went young men having lived here in South Africa, not exposed to war, and you sent off, and suddenly you at the war front being slaughtered. And there were a lot of South Africans who died, particularly in the Western Desert during what was Operation Crusader. In fact, there are two major battles, one of Sidi Rezeg, which Sidi Rezeg, as Peter will tell you, was probably one of the worst battles South African troops um, were involved in. And there was another battle, the Battle of Solem. In fact, that was the battle where the largest number of Jewish soldiers were killed. It was on the 31st of December, the 1st of January, 1941-42. Eighteen men were buried mm. at that time. Many were wounded. And then, of course, we had the Battle of the Fall of Tobruk. Mm. And about 750 Jewish soldiers, there were 10,000 South African soldiers who were taken captive. And about 750 of them ended up going off, being shipped off to Italy into prisoner of war camps. Mm. And there's been an amazing book done here in South Africa by a woman called Karen Horn. She did it as a thesis for her, uh, it was a doctorate in history at Stellenbosch University, looking at prisoners of war. And um, she subsequently has published it as a book called In Enemy Hands. And she interviewed people, which included Jewish soldiers, one of them called Ark Rosemarin who was a journalist. And in fact, I knew Ark as a child because I was born in Rustenburg and he was part of the Red Cross. And, the and did Red, you know his background at all? In, I knew he was in the war, absolutely. He and his wife dedicated their life to the Red Cross. Now, the Red Cross played the most important role in the lives of these Jewish soldiers who were taken prisoner of war because they survived on the food parcels that the Red Cross sent to them. Mm -hmm. And whoever, whatever profile you look at of a, of a soldier who was a POW, they all, all lords the Red Cross organization. 
Good heavens. Now, what is interesting about the Red Cross is that in South Africa, there was a Jewish woman who was involved in the directorate of the Red Cross by the name of, of Clara Urquhart. And she had dedicated herself, as she was a young widow, and dedicated herself to humanitarian causes. And during the war, she got involved in the Red Cross, was involved directly with prisoners of war. She then went and joined the United Nations Relief and Repatriation Unit in mm. Geneva, was involved in helping. She became a displaced person specialist. Mm. She oh, amazing. In the South African history, was involved in uh, a campaign for the Nobel Prize for Albert Latuli. She campaigned for him, and he was the first African to ever receive the Nobel Prize. Gosh, is that so? And huh? another thing she was very involved in initially was Amnesty International. Uh, uh, uh. So here we have a woman that. South Africans probably don't even recognize her name, but she was very, very involved in humanitarian um, causes and was someone we can be really proud of. Absolutely. So you come across the most incredible personalities of people who partook in the war, and that's what I've been involved with. We search any name that comes up. We, we actually list them and see what information we can find about them. And incredible, incredible stories. So you've been involved in the genealogy of it. And Peter, what what has your involvement been? Sue, my, my involvement has always been about people. I've, I've been interested in the people, the Jews who participated in South Africa's military history, going right back to Van Riebeck. Uh, when the first two Jews arrived with him, they were first to convert, uh, strangely enough, and their conversion took place on Christmas Day, a few years after uh, Van Riebeck's arrival. So from that aspect, I'm interested in, in, in the people where, where, Sue, where, where Naomi's more interested in the genealogy, and she's a far, more, uh, a far better detailed person than what I am, I must be honest. And I'm very thankful that, uh, that she's there, that I can work with her. Um, from myself, you know, from that aspect, there's there's three actually unique individuals that I find fascinating that served during the Second World War. Jews, um, and the first one was a Major General Alexander Orenstein. Um, he was born in uh, the Ukraine. He went to the States as a youngster with his parents. He qualified as a medical practitioner, uh, and he became an expert in tropical diseases. He served with the American Army as a general in 1912, according to some information, and then came to South Africa at the request of one of the mining houses where he became the foremost expert on mining diseases, on the lung diseases of miners. Mm. Um, and he was absolutely known. He's written a very interesting uh, thesis or, or, or uh, presentation about him. Um, but he, he, he then... Uh, was a director of South African Army Medical Services during the First World War um, as a colonel. Second World War, he volunteered again and ended up as a major general, uh, again as the director of South African Medical Services uh, in Abyssinia and in North Africa, as well as in Palestine. He interacted with the people who were building the 
the tunnel it connected Haifa to Beirut. The South African army was responsible for that. Wow. The, the other interesting one is, was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Israel Levinson. He was a chaplain with the Union Defense Force during World War One. As a much older man, he volunteered when South Africa declared war on Germany, and he was the principal Jewish chaplain in the Union Defense Forces for the whole of the Second World War, ending as a lieutenant colonel. The third was Colonel Israeli Levenkind. He held a degree in engineering from Britain. He served with the British Royal Engineers during World War One, and he was awarded the Military Cross for bravery. He moved to South Africa. He volunteered to serve with the UDF during World War Two and eventually became the Director of Engineers of the South African Army with the rank of Colonel. He was awarded the MBC for his services to, uh, during that period. And those well, three are found quite unique individuals. Absolutely. We've got two more messages that have come through. Oh, that's nice. One of them is from Philip Bayers, General Smuts's great-grandson. And a relative of mine, he says, good morning, cuz, enjoying your talk. Very good to hear you and Peter, your and Peter's voices. Interesting to hear the name Karen Horn. She taught me at, hang on a sec. She taught me, um, at Irene Primary School okay. and is the daughter of Professor Lily Gerdes, a small world. Karen is a lovely lady and a fine educator. Best to you all, Philip. Thanks so much, Cousin Phil. That's great. And then there's another one, Carol Kruger. My uncle Norman Brown did that walk through the desert, and for years he would not walk anywhere. He would drive the car everywhere, almost to uh, almost to cross the road. That's that's interesting. So he obviously that walk in the desert definitely decided he needed a car after that. Funny enough, my uncle, well not funny enough, my uncle, as Peter knows, was also captured up at City Reset. Mm-hmm. He he was not a Jewish though. But Peter, approximately 1.5 million Jews fought in the regular Allied forces, the Allied armies. And um, in many cases, the percentage of the Jews fighting was greater than the percentage of the Jews in the population. Uh, I found that incredibly interesting. And then there was something that you also mentioned, both of you, about about 500,000 Jewish soldiers who fought in the Red Army during World War, World War, oh, World War Two, and how many of them had actually got citations. Just tell me a bit about that. Naomi, do you want to tell me, or Peter, who would like to tell me about that? I'll stick to the South Africans. Peter, you can talk about the Russian citations. Okay. Peter, just to mention that um, uh, there were more than 160,000 that were actually at the different levels of command. Yeah, very much so. But just a little bit about the demographics first, Sue. Mm-hmm. The United States Jewish population in 1937 was 5.3 million people, uh, 5.3 million Jews, and 550,000 of them volunteered. That's according to the U.S. National World War II Museum, which is 10% of the Jewish population. And if you look at the number of men, ladies, children, elderly, it's a pretty high percentage. Um, from Great Britain, the Jewish population in 1940 was 500,000. 
of which 65,000 served, um, also a pretty high percentage. Um, the Soviet Union had a Jewish population of around 3 million uh, in 1941. Mm. And during World War II, according to some Soviet sources, 750,000 uh, Jews participated, although the accepted figure is 500,000. Mm. And it's interesting that 100,000 of those 500,000 fell in combat during the Second World War. Um, and they really went into that war and they knew what was happening to their counterparts in the, in the uh, Soviet countries that had been overrun by the Germans. Mm-hmm. 1.5 million of the 6 million Jews killed were taken from the former Soviet countries that had been uh, overrun by the Germans. So they were fighting for a cause. As Naomi said earlier, South Africa had a Jewish population of 100,000 and their 10,000 served with the forces. Um, from the Russian perspective, amazing. Uh, there were something like 300 Jewish generals in the Russian army. 200 Russian Jews were awarded uh, the highest medal, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the one lady had won the hero of the Soviet Union, but there are 200 Jewish heroes of the Soviet Union. Um, and it's quite amazing that the Jews went in and if one goes back in history, Jews in, in, in Europe, and particularly in Eastern Europe, were always considered people who never fought for their rights. They were always considered weaklings. They were people who studied, people who learned. And yet when the time came for them to stand up and fight, they did so with absolute vigor. Uh, I think the story of the Warsaw Ghetto, uh, the fight that took place in the Warsaw Ghetto, when with limited arms, limited resources, they held the German army off for a considerable length of time before the German army totally destroyed that ghetto. And, you know, I must admit, I get furious when I hear people saying they went like a sheep to the slaughter. When you think of what happened in all the different camps and all the different ghettos and how they resisted in so many ways, there are very many ways to resist and it's not always about winning, but it's about the courage to actually step forward and do it. And women and children, uh, men, young boys, they all stepped forward, uh, so many of them. And the courage was unbelievable, and it's not well enough known. Absolutely. We will get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Peter Bailey and Naomi Rappaport. Um, that short clip actually says it all. The, the person who, I will send it to you, the person who was talking was crying when he said they said yes, call. And it's exactly what you both said about the, the soldiers who fought, the Jewish soldiers who fought, fought for a reason way beyond what what the other people were fighting for. Um, I know my own father fought for king and country um, against uh, Germany, Nazi Germany, um, in, in the RAF. But here he's saying that they all had extended family that were lost. Now, Naomi, your, um, your research into the South African uh, soldiers who joined up, um, they were all volunteers. Yes, they were all and, volunteers. And did many of them have family in Germany? 
many of them had listen South African Jewry came from Eastern Europe predominantly mm. and a number of the soldiers had been born in Eastern Europe they came from Lithuania they came from Latvia they came from Poland there were family members still in those countries and they were aware of it and there was also a large number of German uh, Jewish soldiers who enrolled in the war effort who had come to South Africa's refugees actually and partook in them. One of them South Africans will know by his name was Heinz Schwartz. Today we know him as Harry Schwartz, the parliamentarian. Oh, is that so? Yes, he partook in the war. Absolutely. And there were many others of them. So the South African community were well aware of what was going on. Absolutely. And an interesting story, there are a number of personalities who were of Polish uh, descent. Uh, two brothers called the Gonski brothers, who obviously were fluent in Polish, and they were seconded from the South African forces to, to a unit called 27 British Liaison Unit. It was actually, you won't find very much about it, but it was actually a secret unit which was set up where they went to what is today Iran, but Persia. And they were involved in bringing the Polish soldiers who had been imprisoned by the Russians prior to the Russians, uh, because if you remember, Russia uh, wasn't fighting against Germany until Germany started to come across into Poland and the Russians had arrested Polish Jewish soldiers and they were involved in taking these soldiers out through uh, Persia and they were involved in setting up the Polish Carpathian Brigade uh, where a number of Jews served, and this brigade served in uh, North Africa and in Italy and right. distinguished themselves. And uh, one of the brothers, Gonski, Sam Gonski, or Sam David Gonski, got an MBE for right. the work that he did. Mm. And uh, they were Polish speaking. It was him and his brother and a number of others. So, we'll get back to that. Sorry, we just got to. Uh, wait for a second and then Peter I also want you to discuss the uh, Naomi told me privately before about um, the judges some of the soldiers the South African soldiers who became judges later so I'd like to get back to that shortly this is Finding Human with Sue Jackson only on 101.9 High FM Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with uh, Peter Bailey and Naomi Rappaport. Are we going to have to do this again because I'm already being told to wrap up? But I actually wanted to just uh, end with a very good story, a wonderful story, actually, of uh, a Master Roddy Edmonds. And the Nazi soldiers made their orders very clear that Jewish-American prisoners of war were to be separated from their fellow brothers in arms and sent to an uncertain fate. But Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds would have none of that. 
as the highest-ranking non-commissioned officer held in the German POW camp, he ordered more than 1,000 Americans' captives to step forward with him, and he brazenly announced, We are all Jews here. He would not waver, even with a pistol to his head, and his captors eventually backed down. And he reiterated, we are all Jews here. I think that's the most wonderful um, uh, thought to actually end on because, you know, Aristotle says courage is the, uh, is, is the first of the human values because it makes all the others possible. And if you think about that value of stepping forward and saying, we are all Jews here, what courage, what incredible courage. Naomi and Peter, I'm so sorry, we can't go on much longer. I want to hear more about this, and I know everybody else does also, about the layout of the museum, about when it was started, which was 25 years ago, Naomi told me earlier. 20 years ago. 20. 20 years ago. And so we will definitely make another time for this. And I know that our listeners would also really enjoy it as I would. Thank you both so much. I will be in contact with you. Thank you, Craig, and thank you, Bussy.